the most important work that you can do to reach your goals is to become who you need to become so that you can have what you want to have. And people get this backwards all the time. They think, oh, you know, when I have a big following, then I'll raise my prices. It's like, nope, it's backwards. You've got to do the things that you need to do in order to justify raising those prices or whatever else it is that you're waiting on. But that's the order of operations. You've got to become you got to do the hard work, and then you get to have the results. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer turned digital marketer and founder of Carvel Digital. I'm on a mission to help service-based business owners with a strong mission create the business of your dreams and make six figures your new minimum by setting up strong foundations for your business right from the start. If you want to make more money without the hustle and burnout, you are in the right place. Hello, friends. Welcome back. It's so good to chat with you again. I'm really excited about today's episode because we are going to talk about reflections. It's winter and it's almost the new year and it's naturally the time when we start looking back on how things went and looking ahead to how we want things to go. And something really cool happened in my business this summer. I made 90K in 60 days this summer over July and August. It would be fair to say that over the summer, I made 100K in my business. And I know that for some of you listening, six figures in a year is a really big goal for you. So, you know, this is a great milestone and it's a cool thing to say, but it really bugs me when people spout numbers like this and they don't really tell you what it took to get there. So we're going to do a little deep behind the scenes tour for you. And I'm going to just talk about some of the milestones and some of the things that led up to that win. But first, if you are a first-time listener on the podcast, do me a favor and listen to this entire episode. And then if you find it valuable, if you get something out of this, if you find some gold nuggets, please do me a favor and go ahead and show your gratitude by leaving me a five-star rating and review. That is how we tell Apple or whatever podcast app you like to listen to that this is a quality podcast that other people should check out. So you can leave a review like this one from Carmen PDX 10 a must listen. Just listen to the episode with Chris Davis. I was able to take info directly from the podcast and apply it to my business. Karanda's tech background and marketing know-how is a powerful combo. Her superb coaching skills were front and center as well. And I laughed the entire episode. I think you will too. Thank you so much for that, Carmen. You'll get your chance at the end of this episode to leave yours as well. All right, so let's dig in. So I was thinking about what led up to this, and I actually wrote an entire journal retrospective that really broke it down sort of month by month how 2020 has gone. And there's a lot of things that have been wrong with 2020, but business-wise, it's been a really good year for me. But that was not the case. And I can't help but think about the stark contrast between summer 2020 in terms of my business and summer 2019 when I was just like not even scraping by. So I want to really just give you the breakdown of what has happened over the last months of 2020. So this all starts back in January 2019. I actually, I had been going along as a web developer offering done-for-you services, and I got fed up and I quit doing that cold turkey. And I switched and I committed 100% to just being a coach. I realized that's what I had been doing throughout these projects. And so I decided to just take this other branch of my business completely out of the picture and just go full force into coaching. 
And thank goodness for my very first coaching client who signed up in January of 2019. And later on, I found out she shared with me that she'd been following me for a long time, had seen a lot of my different talks over the years. And she said, you know, if you had called your boot camp how to tie your shoes, I would have signed up. So that just highlights the importance of having those early adopters, having those people who already know, like, and trust you and will really follow you into whatever your next journey is. Okay. So one of the things that did for me was it took away the option of having people have me do what my work for people. And that forced clients to really show up in a different way because they came in knowing like, oh, I'm going to have to do my own work. I was just there to guide people and share the process of marketing and help keep people accountable. And so people really showed up differently and they did the work. Like not every single person, of course, but lots and lots of people did the work and got great results. So that was something that went really well very quickly, but I didn't yet have the volume of clients for that to translate into financial stability. So I had this new budding area of my business I had amazing clients who were getting great results, but the reality is that in the summer of 2019, I went 13 weeks without getting a single new client. That's a hard dry spell. There were a couple months where I just couldn't contribute my part of the bills. My wife had to really float us and help me out, and that was not a great time, and it was not a great feeling, but I was just really committed, and I knew that in time, I could get the volume of people as long as I kept getting the results. When the summer ends, people sort of go into getting back to work mode. And so I really wanted to take advantage of that and get some momentum. So in September, what I did was I created a smaller version of my boot camp. And in particular, I marketed that heavily to women of color and invited them to apply because as I've mentioned in a previous episode, that's really something that I want to focus on in my business, partially because I live in Portland, Oregon, which is like one of the whitest large cities in the U.S., I got nine new clients in September and the way that my business works, it's like people will circle around and they might not be sure it's for them or they might not be sure it's going to work for them. But generally once people get in, they immediately are like, wow, it's so much better on the inside than I could see from the outside. And they immediately see the value and they can immediately start implementing the things that they learn. And because we share wins every week in the coaching calls, they're very aware of the things that are working for them. And it's a good motivator to keep going. So at the end of that trial period, a lot of folks actually upgraded to do the full, at the time, 10-week program. So I got some great clients out of that. I got some really ride or die clients out of that who stayed with me, not just four weeks or 10 weeks, but really through a full year of working together, doing different things. Another thing that happened around nine months into this year is that some of my coaching clients who had been around a while were really starting to feel the limitations of their technology. Because the thing is, when you look at technology, the overwhelming smorgasbord of technology available to you, it's easy to just get overwhelmed and think all this stuff is expensive and I don't know why I need it, so I'm just not going to do anything. And then once you actually start to do marketing and that marketing starts to work for you and you start to learn different strategies and different things that you can do, but now your tools that you're on can't do those cool things that you learned. That's when my clients were coming to me and saying, hey, we're really struggling with this tech thing. What can you do for us? And so that was the beginning of me creating an entirely new program on the back end of bootcamp. But another thing that happened is just I got a good old fashioned web project. One of my coaching clients brought a company to me 
they needed a redesign, very simple and straightforward. So that was a a much needed cash infusion into the business. Last summer was also the time when I became aware of Rachel Rogers and Hello7 and started listening to what's now the Hello7 podcast. And I knew I had my eye on that community because it was run by a Black woman. It was presumably a diverse community of badass women business owners. And so I had my eye on that. And it took me until December to really make that leap. When I did it, it was a very, very uncomfortable leap financially because I didn't really have two nickels to rub together for a lot of 2019. And so making this leap into a high-end mastermind, you know, it didn't really make sense on paper, but I also knew that it was the move that I needed. It was the community that I needed. It was the support that I needed to really jump me into my next level. I went ahead and did that. And then things really got rolling in January in terms of jumping into that program. So here's the breakdown of 2020. And I'm going to talk some numbers here because I think that's useful for you to see that this is not a linear process, right? So in January of 2020, my revenue was $10,972 and I got a total of 10 new leads in my business. So something to know at this stage is that I was not running any ads. I was doing all organic marketing and I was busy jumping into the mastermind that I had joined. And part of that was actually going to their retreat in North Carolina, which was so great. I I did not know it would be one of the last trips that I would be able to take at the time, but it was just so great to actually meet people in person that were part of this group and bond with a lot of them and really just be able to build those relationships. That was going to be really important later on in the year. It was, again, a hard decision, right? It didn't make sense on paper. I was stressed out and checking my accounts the whole time, but I did it and it was so, so worth it. In February, I really experienced a dip. My attention was really on going on the retreat. My wife and I also took a vacation early in the year. So in February, my revenue was $3,781 and I got 13 new leads. I had gotten some capital infusion from an outside source and that's really what kept me going in February. And I took some of that money and I was able to hire someone to start running Facebook ads for me because I knew that if I didn't get leads, leads are like the lifeblood of a business. So if you're not getting leads, then you're going to struggle. And so I had been wanting to do Facebook ads and hire someone to do Facebook ads for a long time, but I just did not have the revenue and the capital to do that. So I finally was able to do that and the effect was immediate. So in March, I had 259 new leads come into my business because now the ads were running and I made $13,463 that month. Since clients were starting to struggle with their tech and that was something that I had been working on, one thing that I knew was that I did not want to go back to writing custom proposals for people because it takes so much time and energy. The energy and the work required to truly really plan a project well so so that it goes well is a lot of work. And I didn't want to go back to doing custom proposals for folks. And so that's when I created InSourced. And that is my container where we do actual done-for-you projects for folks. And it's just a simple retainer-based product. And I really don't even market it that much because I think I said this in a previous episode, doing tech for people is not my first love. Like I do it because 
it's really hard in these streets to get someone who will create websites and create marketing technology for you that works well and will document it and will not ghost you and like all, all of the things, like all of the horror stories. And only because people were directly asking me for help did I create this product. But it was great because it allowed me to start getting a little more recurring revenue into the business. And that was also the time when I really connected with Chris Davis and got into his mentorship program. Chris has been on the podcast. If you have not heard my interview with Chris Davis, please go back and listen to it. He is a genius and probably one of the top five marketing minds in the world. And so within a week of being in his program, I just was able to immediately level up so much what I was able to do for my clients. And so the way that InSource starts out is with a marketing intensive where we do that deep dive and that discovery to see what is it that you even need. So I was able to sell two more of those and that's the precursor for us doing any sort of done for you work, right? It's not going to happen without that marketing intensive. That was really one of the big wins for March. So in April, we were a couple of weeks into COVID at this point. Everybody kind of went home. Everybody started working from home. All the companies who had been telling their employees for years, oh, no, we can't possibly have everyone work from home. It's too hard. Well, suddenly they found a way. One of the things about people not being able to meet up in person is that suddenly your website and your digital presence becomes a lot more important. In the circles I was in and the business groups that I was in, I was seeing kind of what I termed panic in the streets over people, you know, realizing that, oh, if all you know about me is my website, then that's not really the greatest first impression. And so after taking a poll in one of the groups I was in, I relaunched a course that I had made years ago called Working Websites. It's a course to help business owners DIY their WordPress sites, or at least to give you a grounding in the fundamentals so that you can hire someone with confidence and a little bit of knowledge. So I took that off the shelf and I really marketed that heavily. I kind of accidentally put myself into uh, launch mode, which I'm not usually about that launch life, but I figured if I was going to do this, I might as well go all in. I really worked hard for two weeks launching that. And in the end, I sold two spots. And then after the cart closed, I forgot to actually turn it off. So I sold one spot after and I was like, well, who am I to deny someone who really wants to be in? So on the surface, not really a great result. Um, my April revenue was a little over 15,000. I got 268 new leads into the business. But what happened was, one, the clients who did go through that program got great value from it and learned a ton and were able to do a lot of things and really understand their technology in a way that they had not before. So that was a really great outcome for me. And two, just the marketing push that I had done and the visibility that I had gained actually brought me different kinds of clients, right? I got bootcamp clients from that. I got old friends who saw that marketing and realized, oh yeah, Karanda does web stuff, right? I actually had people come in, you know, for other things based on that marketing. In May, my May revenue was 14,115 and I got 220 new leads into the business. Most of my income came from I got one new coaching client, I sold a couple of new marketing intensives, and then I had someone on the brand new retainer product that I had created to help people get stuff done for them. So that's where that revenue came from. And let me just say that don't sleep on the importance of follow-up because I sent a follow-up email to someone that I had been talking to off and on for probably six or nine months. And that one email resulted in a 5K sale. So if you're not doing follow-up, 
get on your follow-up game because it's super important. Like it's really not about pressure selling to people. It's really about staying top of mind so that when the time comes that you're the obvious choice. This was also around the time the EIDL loans were coming out because of COVID. And I went ahead and applied for one, even though I thought, man, there's no way that this is going to work for me. But it did. You can't win if you don't play. So I got an EIDL loan and it was approved. And that money hit my bank account in June. What that did for me was it allowed me to finally start to get the help that I needed in my business. It allowed me to start to actually hire folks in my business. And let me tell you, that loan allowed me to hire some people, and it also allowed a bunch of people to hire me. A lot of women that I talked to were very upfront about the fact that like, yep, you're what I'm using my idle loan money for. And it just goes to show how under-resourced the businesses are run by women and people of color in general. And it really pisses me off when I think about it too much. So I try not to, but it was just such a stark contrast when this money started hitting my account, started hitting the accounts of other women business owners that I knew, and we could finally all hire each other. In June, my revenue for June was 19387 and I got 392 leads in the business. So I did some kind of foundational things that I had been needing to do for a while. My MacBook was on its last legs, so I upgraded that. Got an iPad, just like kind of upgraded the tools of the trade. And I talked about normalization in an episode or two ago. And that's one of those things where it's like, this is... This is what I'm doing every day and I need to have the tools in order to do that well and to not be waiting or having Zoom die because my MacBook doesn't have the power to run it. The other thing I did in June was I went live on my personal profile on Facebook because at that point, George Floyd was murdered in May. That sparked kind of a resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. And suddenly a lot of people were actively looking to support Black-owned businesses. And so I thought, let me just get out here and introduce myself. And in case they're looking for what I do, then they can have this live video to kind of explain what it is that I do and who I help. And it was so low key, y'all. It was not a super production. I literally went out into my backyard. I put my phone on my tripod sitting in front of the vegetables and I just talked for about 20 minutes and I talked about my journey, a lot of stuff that if you've listened to episode one, it's a lot of stuff that you've heard. I talked about my transition from just doing done for you to doing coaching and I talked about who I help and why and it was just super, super casual and over I think the next couple of weeks, that video got 2,000, over 2,000 views. One of the folks who saw that video was an old roommate of mine from 15 years ago, and she basically decided to buy on the spot. She went, booked a call. It took a couple weeks for her to get on my calendar, and then she was in. The lesson I want to highlight there is don't overcomplicate it. Like You need to show up, and you need to be genuine, and you need to talk to people about what you do and why, and the people who are attracted to that are your people, and they'll be able to find you. With all this momentum, I really needed to start offloading some of the things that I was doing in my business. The first thing I did was I wanted to get rid of social media. That was a desire that I had for a long time. (laughs) And so I happened to get tagged in a post on Instagram where someone was highlighting different Black-owned businesses. And one of those businesses was the Digital Jane run by Alice Foy. And Digital Jane offers admin assistance to women in business on a variety of levels and in a variety of different areas. 
I went and checked out Alice. I scheduled a call with her. We really hit it off. So now one of her employees basically acts as social media manager, um, but so much more than that. And she's just been awesome from day one. Like she came in and just started slaying, got my Google Drive on point and organized and just does so much. So shout out to Takira because she's just super awesome and keeps me from having to slave over the gram every week. So, <laughs> so thanks for that. So that was the big thing that happened in June. Another thing that happened outside of my business is that the mastermind that I had joined in December actually was discontinued. And so what happened was the company decided to open up a membership. And because of just the zeitgeist of things that were going on and the visibility that Rachel achieved in June, the club really, the membership really blew up. One of the things that Rachel talks about is just having one main offer. So when the membership blew up, it just made sense for them to close that higher end mastermind. I transitioned from being in like a very small mastermind to being in this club full of, in the beginning was about 350 people. um, And now it's much larger than that. And I was really happy with that because network and being in that network of diverse, badass, business owning women was one of the reasons that I had joined. And so having now this much larger group to really build community with was something that I personally was really excited about. Um, And one of the things that happened is the 10K and 10 day challenge. Rachel threw down this challenge to her clients in the membership. And that was when I really went all in on seeing what could we do with this challenge, even though I was going on vacation at the start of the challenge. I put my head together with Takira and with Morgan, who was helping me on the automation side. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be gone, but here's what we can do. And here's what we can sell. And here's the content we're going to put out. And so we planned all that and we executed on that in July. And so I was basically laying in a hammock on a ranch in central Oregon and got to make a lot of money. For the 10K in 10 day challenge, while I was on vacation, we made... $15,493. So that was while I was gone. And then for the entire 10 day challenge, our total was $21,493. And that was really exciting because I wasn't there for most of it. Because, you know, I had watched Rachel hit this really big milestone with Hello 7 in June, you know, with all this momentum, I really got to thinking. And so I decided to model what Rachel had done and really be super upfront and go to my community and say, hey, you know, things are going really well this month. I'm super close to this milestone, which was hitting my first 50K month. And um, I really got specific about asking people for help, giving people incentives to join bootcamp if they had been on the fence. And I got really close. We did not hit our 50K goal for July, but we did $48,861. You know what? I was fine with that. That was the best non-goal heading that had ever happened in my life. So I was super cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) And we will get there. But the thing that I didn't do is I did not pressure myself and my team to immediately try to hit that goal again, right? Because, and I talked about this in the normalization episode, when you have big growth like that, you have to then step back and say, okay, how do we make this the new norm? And continuing to push and push and push and do it immediately might not be the way to do it. It's probably the way to burn out your team. The great thing about that is one, 
I hired Megan Hill, who's also been a guest on the podcast to help me wrangle all this new money. And then I hired Noelia, who is the producer of this podcast. So again, still getting help and outsourcing all the things that you know, that I just knew weren't my lane. So those are some of the best decisions that I made this summer. So in August, we didn't have the goal to try to hit that number again, but we definitely wanted to keep the momentum going. And I also was still in the mode of what other help do I need in the business? And it was very clear that I needed to hire an operations manager as soon as possible. One of the things that happened is I knew that I had this need, but I just did not have the time to execute on it. And since I don't have that much experience with hiring, it finally occurred to me that like, maybe you can hire someone to help you hire people. <laughs> so I hired Kimon and we went through a hiring process. And I think I shared a couple episodes ago that the person that we ended up in that role did not turn out to be the right person, which is just, you know, that's the awkward teen phase of business, y'all. Totally normal. So we've restarted that search and the right person is coming. I'm completely confident about that. The great thing about August is that we didn't hit 50K, but we hit 40,850. It wasn't just that we hit that goal, it was how we hit it. We didn't really do anything differently. The systems that we had built and the momentum that we had built and the relationships that we had built and the exposure that I was getting in this new community, like all of those things combined so that we could let the systems do the work and we didn't have to kill ourselves. It's a great thing to be able to say, oh, I did 40K or I did 50K or I did 100K. But if you're killing yourself to do it, then it's not that great. Like you can't enjoy it. And so that's probably I would say August was one of the best months that I've ever had in my business because we were able to do that kind of revenue and because we were able to ride the momentum and really rely on the systems that we had built. That is the story of really more than just the 90K in 60 days, but really a little slice into how it happened and the hard decisions that I had to make in order to get there. And let me tell you, at the time that you are making these decisions, it is not easy. You have to justify to, you know, the people around you, your family, like I totally get that. But I have done it so many times because I don't have a plan B, y'all. I am going to make business work because I'm completely unemployable at this point. So, you know, that helps me in terms of commitment when I have to make hard decisions uh, and to keep going because the only way you really fail is if you quit. And I know I'm not quitting, so that means success is inevitable. You really have to have that level of commitment and be able to make those hard decisions to see your way through to whatever your goal is. All right, so I wanted to highlight some of the lessons and just really pick apart some of those things from this. One of the reasons that I feel really comfortable asking my clients to do hard things is because I have done hard things. Only you know your situation and only you can make these decisions, but you are not going to achieve big goals and do big things without taking risks. So you have to decide what are the risks that you're willing to take? What is the discomfort that you're willing to put up with? Whether it's like putting yourself out there on social media, like showing up and being seen, being authentic, making hard financial investments, whatever it is. If you want to create big results, you want to get out of debt, you want to hire out things that you hate doing or you don't have time for, you want to stop feeling like everything is a struggle, you have to stop playing small. 
You have to be willing to do hard things and you have to keep doing hard things until you get the result that you want. And this is especially why when clients or prospective clients who have more privilege, more money, more assets, more social capital than me are sitting here telling me like why they can't do things, serious side eye, y'all. I mean, that's fine. Like I'm not going to pressure anyone into becoming a client, but you better be ready to do hard things if we're going to work together. Almost everyone when I had this big success asked me like, oh, how does it feel? And I'll tell you what. If I'm being really honest, it feels inevitable because this is what I always knew that I wanted. And it feels fucking overdue because I know for a certainty that if I was white, if I was a man, I would have achieved this level of success probably many years ago. It's the reality. It's something I try not to think too hard about. A lot of people, when they finally sort of hit a big money milestone, you know, their imposter syndrome kicks in or they start to have money mindset. I was like, no. I've worked for this, right? This is what I knew was coming. And now that it's here, great. Let's keep going. Let's move on. Let's keep striving towards the next thing. Yeah, I celebrated definitely and I was happy, but I'm really just focusing on the next moves and doing what I told you in the last episode, which is kind of going inward and making sure that the internal mechanisms of my business are ready to support this next level of growth. The next thing that I really want to highlight is that your past and your present are not your future, okay? The most important work that you can do to reach your goals is to become who you need to become so that you can have what you want to have. And people get this backwards all the time. They think, oh, you know, when I have a big following, then I'll raise my prices. It's like, nope, it's backwards. You've got to become the person that deserves to raise your prices. You've got to do the things that you need to do in order to justify raising those prices or whatever else it is that you're waiting on. But that's the order of operations. You've got to become, you've got to do the hard work, and then you get to have the results. And that's how it works. And, you know, now that you've know sort of what some of what was going on behind the scenes. If you look back through my social media or my content on any platform, if you have emails from me, you will see that I show up the same way with the same message, whether I was making 3000 a month, whether I was making 30000 in a month. And that's what you have to do. You have to have that consistency. So if you're out there, if you're in a struggle moment right now, you haven't yet found your ideal clients, it doesn't mean that you don't have value to offer. It just means you need to keep showing up so that your people can find you. And the last lesson that I want to highlight is, you know, kind of a cliche you might hear all the time, but network equals net worth. I spent years inside of masterminds run by white dudes and filled with white people who were busy hiring each other left and right and really just liked me and would ask me questions and would happily accept like a favor. But I never really got hired in those environments. And so getting into this ecosystem of the Hello 7 world and getting into a group of diverse, badass women business owners who when they see value, don't just try to pick your brain, like actually hire you. (laughs) So that is one of the things that happened to me. I think the combination of being in that environment and then having this large infusion of capital via these loans was part of the combination that allowed a lot of people who, you know, Bushra Azar always says, she says, I want to be on your vision board or your credit card statement, right? No in between. 
And I think I was on a lot of people's vision boards and not until they got that cash infusion were they able to actually hire me. So that was also part of the equation. And it's certainly true for me in terms of hiring um, other people in that same community. So that is the real talk about 2020, about how I made 90K in 60 days. And I wanted to share this with you because I think one of the most valuable things that I've received from my mentors is the real talk about not just that you reached a certain level, but what do you actually have to do? What goes on in the trenches to get to that level? And, you know, I am being by no means at the pinnacle of where I want to be. I'm basically at like a new starting line, but I think there's some really helpful lessons that we can draw from that. And I really wanted to share that with you all, especially for this last episode of season one of Begin As You Mean to Go On. So I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope you've gotten value from it. And now is the time. If you have, now is the time when you can go and leave your five-star rating and review. I can't wait to read what you want to share about the nuggets that you've gleaned from this podcast or any of the other episodes. You know, starting this podcast has been a, a long time dream of mine. And I just, I knew I wanted to do it when I had the resources to really do it well and to hire someone to make all the magic behind the scenes. So sharing this first season with you has been an absolute joy. And I have really loved all of the responses, be it the reviews or just the, the emails that you sent me. I really love hearing that you're getting a lot out of these episodes, that you're implementing the things that you learned, that you're going back and listening to them again to really mine all the nuggets. I love hearing that stuff. So continue to share your feedback with me and you know with the world via reviews. And I will see you in the next season. If you're going through premature withdrawal right now, don't fret. We are going to be taking the rest of the year and January 2021 off, but we are going to have bonus episodes for you. So I'm going to go into the archives and find some really good stuff for you so that we can keep bringing you episodes every week, but I can take some much needed downtime and rest and reflect and figure out what dragons I want to slay in 2021. So I hope you'll stick around, keep listening, keep sharing your feedback, keep sharing these episodes with whoever needs to hear this. If you're thinking of somebody right now who's like, ooh, that person really needs to hear this, wherever you're listening to this, grab the link and share it with them right now. I so appreciate you. Have an amazing rest of 2020. <laughs> I know that's a, that's a tall order, but I hope that you and your family are prospering and I will see you in 2021. Content Bootcamp is my 12-week flagship program for mission-driven service-based business owners who want to get their genius out of their head and onto the internet where it can be working for you 24-7. Every week we start our live coaching call by sharing wins. And in the past month, clients have shared how they've added 50K in revenue to their bottom line this year, or how they had to miss a coaching call to onboard all the new clients they got from implementing what they learned. And I would love for you to join us and share your wins every week. And right now you can get up to four extra weeks in our awesome community for the same price as the 12 week program. All you have to do is join before the end of 2020. The clock on your 12 weeks won't start until January 4th. That means you could get up to four extra weeks of access to our amazing community support and coaching and get a jump on your marketing goals for the new year. If you wait until January to start working on your New Year's goals, you're already behind. Apply to join us by going to carveldigital.com slash bootcamp. I'll see you inside.